Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. That it literally made a straight woman's vagina tingle. Becca, the egg, she's new to the beauty business but learning faster than a baby salon. And just like Curtis was saying, we are between both cheeks everywhere. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello and welcome to another episode of the BBC that's between both cheeks, not big black. You can insert the word there. Um, today I have our enforcer, Becca. Used to be an egg, now the enforcer. Hello, Becca. Hi. And we have a special guest today, Curtis Goodman from Las Vegas. So hey, what's up, everybody? Is Curtis a performer? He has been in Fifty Shades. He has been in Zombie Burlesque. He's been in 53X with Chippendales. But he's also an LBGTQ icon and has traveled in North America being kind of a spokesperson, if you will, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, dancer, club party promoter, just basically one of those uh, club idols. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And huge in, at Piranha, which is like the biggest LBGTQ club. in Absolutely. Las Vegas, yeah. Piranha nightclub here in Las Vegas. Perfect. Shout out to them. So, um, Curtis, let's dive into it because, you know, we're still in COVID. Things are still a little bit crazy. Um, performers are still having a difficult time. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about you what you've done, and then I want to go into kind of what's happened with you and the industry in Vegas right now. All right. Uh, my name's Curtis. Um, I'm a dancer. I studied uh, professionally for basically all my young adult life, and then I came here to Vegas uh, in about 2006, I think it was. I uh, started working uh, shows and jobs and things like that, just building my brand and building my uh, relationship with producers, choreographers, and that kind of thing. And I've been here ever since. And luckily I came to town and during a time when it's hard to get work in LA. And for some reason, when I first stepped foot in Vegas, I booked everything. And so I said, I guess I'm staying here. <laughs> uh, and for me, it's worked out really well. And that was 15 years ago. Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. So now your current show that you are the star in, Zombie Burlesque, which is incredible. When things do go back to normal, everyone has to see it. It really is truly, you are hilarious in it. Like, Thank you so heart. much. It's <laughs> so, so good. Um, it's I'm my dream job. It's, it's so incredible and it's so well done. So do you do the choreography and things in that as well? Um, I didn't choreograph the show. The show was made by a really good friend of mine named Tiger Martina. And then, of course, produced by uh, David Sachs Productions here in Las Vegas, which is like a prominent Las Vegas uh, producing company. Yes, very, very well known. Um, but it's, and you guys have to see it. It's really incredible. I was so blown away with it. Um, Thank you. It's my dream job. I, 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 it's so weird to be in this COVID time. And uh, like, I really feel like all that work that I put in all over all those years, I finally got to that one show, that one spot. You know, like I'm not in the chorus, I'm not in the background, I'm the lead, I get my own bow, the audience goes crazy, it fits me perfectly, this is the best thing in the world, 
and then COVID hits. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of just goes splash. You're like, no. Yeah. yeah. So now I read recently that um, the governor allowed for gatherings or shows to open of 250 people. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, you know what? And it's, it's really hard to keep track of because the numbers keep changing and the gatherings keep changing. Um, you know, I wish it was just something that was just, you know, set out there and then we just knew what it was. It's almost like you're afraid to say, oh yeah, that's what it is because maybe four hours ago they changed the number. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It just, it just keeps changing so often. I think it's, uh, causing a lot of anxiety and keeping people on their toes and no one knows really yeah. know which way to proceed because no one really knows which what we're doing yeah so yeah but right now i think it's at about 250 gathering if you're like in a big arena okay so that that was gonna be my so next not 250 that 250 people in a small room a small room is still 50 uh, percent capacity but if you're in a big venue like say caesar's palace forum or whatever you can get up to 250 people Okay. So that was going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. So can zombie burlesque open based on that number, but it, it wouldn't even be worth it. You know what? I don't know. I, the, our, I, I have really good faith in our producer, David Sachs. He's like I said, he's been in Vegas forever. And he's just like one of those guys that's like, he knows the business, you know, he's going to find a way to do it. Uh, we don't have any information right now, you know? I, so it's just kind of like, just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Cause I yeah. mean, like I said, it was my dream job. So I really hate so her. perfect for October. You know, yeah. I, I had an interview the other day where I actually kind of almost broke down a little bit because someone asked me like, um, how has it impacted me or whatever? And I kind of went off on a tangent. And then um, I just realized I had like this kind of self-realization moment where I was like, I worked so hard for this. I mm -hmm. not just like going to the auditions and being good and doing, you know, staying up on my technique, but from the age of like 15, taking that first class, being that first person, meeting that next, um, what would you say, uh, mentor, you know, all the mentors mm -hmm. I've met through my life, all the years of training over my whole period of life. Like, I don't think I could ever be at as good at something else brand new that I mm -hmm. am at this, all of this experience, all of this training, all of this work. It's not like I took a course or took a, you know, just like I've been studying for a couple of years. It's it's my whole life's work, yeah. you know? And so that realization kind of hit me, like it kind of like crumbled a little bit. I was like, wow, even if I do go off and am successful or do, you know, do something else, uh, it still won't be as good as, as this, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a moment there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's kind of what I wanted, what I wanted to talk about with you because like ever since the day that I met you, you've always been that hustler. Like you've always worked really hard, long hours. I've never once heard you complain about anything. It's just a hundred percent in, um, with moving to eat, always eat. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's good. Arms. Yeah. Cause you never know. You never know when yeah. something else is going to crumble in the dance mm -hmm. world, especially if you have a gig, you have a job shows open and close all the time, you know? Yeah. So you always want to have a backup. I've always had the club and a show, the club and a show. And if I, if one of a show closed, at least I had the club and if the club closed, at least I had the show. I always had something yeah. just to keep my head space clear. Cause that's really what you have to do is you have to, um, set yourself up in advance to know that if something happens, I mean, COVID is very extreme, but like it, it, in the general sense, if, if something happens to the job that you have, that you have another option, right? 
you know, you have to always try to set yourself up with options. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But at least if you try to do that, you can kind of save yourself some headspace and, you know, uh, save yourself some of that that worry that comes along when things kind of don't go as planned. Right. So, I mean, Vegas is a town of, it's fast paced. It's fast life. Gypsies. We're all, I say it's the only place a gypsy can call home. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know how we, we don't have to hitch up the buggy. We don't have to hitch up the buggy and travel town to town. We plan ourselves yeah. here and every weekend the town changes and the people come to us. It's right. the only place a gypsy can call home for sure. I love that. I love that. So what I've seen, I'm like, I've been there for 13 years back and forth. I see a lot of fast money and obviously working in the clubs, there's a lot of fast money, you know, cash tips, all that stuff. And what I've actually um, experienced, especially with staff is, and the girls will walk in with like a new Louis Vuitton bag, they'll get paid. And all of a sudden they got like this new bag and stuff. You're, you seem to have a different mindset. Number one, having the two jobs, like that's not very typical for your age range you're <laughs> oh, are you a millennial can i call you millennial i think i'm a millennial i really don't know I, okay. people are really surprised about my age because i feel like i'm really well kept yeah, <laughs> my go. first job at 17 in high school was at a dermatology office so i kind of just always like mm-hmm. was practicing like really good like moisturize 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 and right. you know so where, i was in the, in the break at the esthetician's office like that 15 minute break you get during the eight hour day, I would go like, can I use the steamer? And I would just sit there like, (laughs) (laughs) be young forever. Yeah. So where did this work ethic come from? Who instilled this work ethic in you? Ah, you know, uh, my mom is a really, my mom is a really hard worker. You know, one of those, I'm one of those boys uh, raised in a single mom household, you know? And uh, I remember her, whenever I would ask for something and I knew we couldn't afford it. I knew we couldn't afford to do it. Um, and she would say, yeah. And I, I would always respond like, really? Like, you know, with disbelief or whatever, but what about this? And what about this? She would always just like kind of tap me on the, on the thigh and be like, we'll make it work. And I don't know how she made it work. I mean, I, mean, I, know she, I know she worked her butt off, but she never let me worry about it. She just said, we'll make it work. And as I got older, I realized she was, you know, she kind of was just like, I'm going to go pick up something else and I'm going to go do something else. And I'm going to, whatever I have to do to get, to get you what you need. You know, it's kind of like, uh, I guess it kind of like instilled in me. Um, you can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You really, you really can. You can have whatever you want in life. Yeah. You have to go out and get it. Yeah. So you just have to decide if you want to go out and get it, or if you want to work that harder, if you want to, and it's not, it's not fun work and it's not, you know, especially like in the performance community, people see me and I'm grand and costumes and making it all look like I was club superstar diva, but it's not, it's not all fun behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of sleepless nights in there. There's a lot of, you know, throwing, throwing um, things together last minute, stressing, and then getting on stage and then pretend like everything's fine, which I guess is probably like the MO of a single mom, you know, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that whole like, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Yeah. That smile, yeah. I, and I in the back of her head, you know, she's like, "Fuck, how are we gonna take care of this?" Right. <laughs> so I guess I kind, I kind of probably got that from her. There, I guess <laughs> I didn't even realize until you just said that. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So with the show being closed and all the shows being closed, um, and, and I mean that's so you you've got the two jobs, you got the club, and then you've got the show. Yeah. Both of those are now. So when you used to relax. Whoa, oh, <laughs> my heart, my whole analogy of, and my whole life plan, everything okay. that I had put into existence to make sure that I didn't have to struggle, to make sure that I didn't have to suffer, to make every single thing, boom, just out the window. Oh, it's right. that whole like cause of uh, 
what is that that God clause they put in contracts all the time? Or act well, of God? Oh, he always signed the contract thinking like, nah, we're just, you know, you it's never, never gonna happen. We're That's good. Never gonna happen. <laughs> Boom, all of it. Then the whole floor breaks. Twenty twenty. I know. She. So anyway, I um. Luckily, and this is, and I think this is actually kind of the worst part. So yeah, so I had the club job and the and the show, both of them closed. Um, luckily, I had the show though. So this kind of like gives into that because performers that were in shows were on um, what's it called PUA, which is um, it's for money, the money or the uh, unemployment money for independent contractors to help out independent contractors oh, that weren't already through the tax system here in the U.S. Okay. So I. Um, because I had the show, I had a W-2 as well. That means showed I was in the system. So I was able to receive unemployment right off the bat. If I was just an independent contractor, just gigging or just doing the other side, I would have never got, I would I would have received anything until probably, I think they just started receiving money like a month or two ago. So that would have been really hard. Yeah. They were, had, they had people that were 1099. I, yeah. If they, if they didn't save their money, they were in a tight, tight spot for all of this. Even if they did save their money, they were in a tight spot. Yeah, who knows? So I can only imagine that would have, that would have hurt me. So thank God I had both jobs. I was in the W2 system doing the independent contracting work. And then I was also in the system where I get taxes taken out of a check as well. Wow. Wow. That, that's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. And then it's so funny because now, and this, this part I was getting, getting to, is that it's kind of worse because the clubs have been able to open again, but they're at half capacity and there's no dance floor. So they made, oh. basically your nightclub is now kind of like a really hit Chili's or a TGI Fridays or <laughs> some- Do they uh, serve food now? Where you have like, yeah, kind of a restaurant-y, like a themed restaurant basically. There's tables on the dance floor. All the tables are socially distanced, six feet apart. Um, they're not, you're not allowed to walk up to the bar. Uh, the Go-Go's dancers and kind of the, those people have now become servers. So now they walk to the table and they ask your drink order. They walk to the bar, grab the drink and bring it back to your table. Oh. Not allowed to dance. You can dance in your little in your little section with your little you four chairs and table. But you can't get up and mingle around. You can't mix social groups. Can you, you dance can't. on the tables? Uh, no, you can't do any of that. Mm-mm. <laughs> So it's just, it's, it's so crazy. Cause it's like, it's almost like if you're not going to have it, don't have it, you know, yeah, as opposed to have it. it. And then it's basically just like, I don't know, just, it's just a tease. And then so for employment too, they don't have the same capacity. They don't have the same numbers at the business. So we're all on half staff still. Um, and we're getting minimal hours. So we're getting money, but we're not getting the money. We're, that we're used to getting and we're ha- it's all a big math problem it's so, it's so crazy i wish the government would just take care of like you're either going to take care of it or you're not right like i hate all these things where you have to like oh and if you want this extra money go apply for this and if you want to do this go apply for that da, 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 da. that should already be in the system i feel like mm-hmm. when, you know when i go to a job i, I want to do my job and then get my check and whatever i get my check is for can that just be my money yeah. can you do everything else on the back end <laughs> like what why are you gonna make me come around once a year and then pull out receipts and do this and do go through all this all this squabble and then say oh i got an audit maybe something was wrong or or do this or do that why can't you just take care of the, all of that on the back end and just give me what i'm supposed to have yeah just the government will never be that organized <laughs> it's, so ridiculous. it's just so frustrating it's just another reason to get frustrated during the year right. <laughs> Okay, so you're not really in the club. You are, but you're not. Like, the hours have been reduced. The show is closed. Yeah, I'm in the club, like, Friday, Saturday. That's it for about five hours a day. Yeah. 
and that like that doesn't pay the rent that doesn't pay no not at all not at all i definitely had to find different avenues so you being the entrepreneur that you are i was scrolling through instagram the other day and noticed (laughs) that somebody has an only fan uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> An OF. Right? An OF. An now, o dot F. I'm old school. When I think OnlyFans, I think like porn stars. Right. And that's kind of like where my head is at. Um, I don't know, Becca, if your head is there, if, like, if that's just where your head goes or yeah. I'm missing something or. No, you know what? I, um, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. OnlyFans, it, it could be whatever you want. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to do that at all. Um, I've kind of probably make more money doing that it. Sexy <laughs> aspect. What's that now? You probably make more money making it sexy than yeah. Like, yeah I, I've seen yeah. hairstylists. Well, I mean, and I mean that all depends trainers. too. Because I mean, if you're a bikini model and you have it, it's whatever. Uh, whatever your audience is in Instagram or in real life or on Facebook, whatever that audience is, if you figure out how to sell them an OnlyFans mm-hmm. page, then you're fine. So if your thing is, I don't know, like exotic animals or something like that, or foreign animals or something, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're a part of a group that is like 300,000 people on Facebook that they all, they're all into the same thing. So you yeah. decide to make it OnlyFans just for that. And it's where people can see like live videos of these exotic breeds. I don't know. You just got to figure out a way to sell yeah. it. And if you right. can sell it, and you charge these people money, then they'll and they can buy it, and they buy it. Well, then you're winning. Mm-hmm. So it really, it, go, it really can be anything to them too, like ten dollars a month or twelve dollars a month. Uh, yeah, like, it's pretty easy yeah. to sell when it's not a big chunk. Yeah, exactly, and especially like once you get a lot of followers and stuff like that, you can lower the price. And yeah. uh, what I've done uh, is I have a free OnlyFans page. Oh, it is uh, C Goodman two thousand one? So go ahead and look that up. Okay. Uh, just, <laughs> Say that one more time uh, for our listeners. What's yeah? OnlyFans.com backslash C Goodman 2001. Perfect. Please That's do. Great. Please great, do. Great, great name. Yeah. So, and I, what I did, because uh, I noticed that a lot of people were, you know, having these blank pages. It's basically like a book, and you don't even really get to see what the cover is. Yeah. And they say, hey, it's $3 or it's $5 or it's $7. Do you want to buy a monthly membership? And you kind of really don't get, you know, I mean, it's, it's really hard to make money that way, I found. So mm-hmm. I have a decent Instagram following, also C. Goodman, 2001. Um, <laughs> and uh, so what I decided to do is make a free page. And then what you can actually do is lock individual content. So mine basically mm. looks like a risque, R-rated version of my, or a little more than R-rated version of my Instagram you know, there's some sexy stuff mm-hmm. on there, some enticing stuff on there. And then anything that is more than that is blocked. And then you pay a separate charge for that. But the page itself is free. Okay. So Becca, it's That's kind of like, do it. it's like our ebook that we do online. So we're like, we'll give you some information about the mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and that's it's always about the enticing. Yeah, that's what that's what enter- entrepreneurship is. You know, it's enticing the customer. Yeah. If you can, if you can get the customer, you know, you know, to buy a stick off the road. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's still a sale. Whether you have a good product or a bad product, the entrepreneurship comes in your ability to sell something. Yeah. You know, you really have to be breadcrumbs along the way to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the art of it. And actually it's so funny because now without that stage, I'm finding that this is a whole new art form to kind of explore, not just Mm -hmm. the, um, the sexy stuff. Cause there's a lot of sexy stuff on there. Be warned. Um, but 
also putting it together to entice a customer or what now they're a customer before I would call them an audience member, mm, you know, I so now my, yeah. So now my audience member has just changed to a customer, but my, my mind frame and the same stuff, the same tricks I would use on the stage to engage my audience member to make sure the person in the seat was having a blast mm. or to, to give them that energy that I was feeling on stage. I just now mm. have you learned to refocus that energy and be like, Ooh, so I wonder what I can do to make my customer go like this. I wonder what I can do to make my customer go like this. I wonder what I can do to make my customer click on that. I wonder what I can do to make my customer. So it's like this whole new thing. And it's, I didn't even realize that all of this performance art has now transferred into this whole new like entrepreneurial side, uh, almost marketing and stuff like that. It's so yeah. crazy. And I, I absolutely love it. It gives me, it's, it saved me a lot of, um, you know, these times have been really hard. They've been really hard on everybody. That's, you know, it's, it's very serious, whether, whether you believe it or not, or w- whatever side you stand on, this method is challenging for everybody. Yeah. It's so heavy. Mm-hmm. It is so heavy. So um, it's really easy to go to a place where you, you know, I just can't put up with today for my mental health. I just can't handle today, you know, and this has really helped me to keep that on track. It's given me mm-hmm. something to get excited about, give me something to engage in, give me something to create, Yeah. you know, as, as an artist, that's all I want to do is create. So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun and definitely a blessing for sure. So mentally you feel that it's really kept you in a more positive space as opposed to maybe some people that are out of work and they're just really down on their luck and not in a good mental space. Oh, absolutely. It is so easy in this world to feel defeated. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, yeah, we learned those lessons like, you know, back when we were kids in junior high and high school, you know, you go out for a sports team or a play or something like that. And you, and you're like, Oh, I want it. I want, it, I want it. And you don't get it. Yeah. And then that moment, your world is over. The whole thing is over. <laughs> yes. You're never going to be the same ever, ever again. And, you know, our parents teach us, our mentors teach us, you know, this is not the end. You keep it pushing. If that's something you really want, you just try and work harder. And da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've always been a sports person. I was, I was like an all-star cheerleader competitor on those ESPN, like big things back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. gymnast, all that. So, uh, but one of those things that those coaches instilled with me is that it's never over. Yeah. No. You know, if you're, if, if you if it's, if you're, if you're feeling down and out, that's fine. You know, you feel that moment and then you get up and fight, you get up and fight, you get up and fight and, and, and do better and be better. And if you don't know how to do better and be better, we'll find out how, and it's only, it only takes one <laughs> yeah. step. Just take the first step. You don't have to do everything today, Yeah. you know, but just like give yourself one thing and then credit yourself for it. Be like, you know what? I didn't get everything done, but I, I got that one thing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then it just builds. That's how businesses build. That's how great businesses build. You know, it's not like, oh, I want to have a multi-million dollar business today. Well, guess yeah. what? That's not how yeah. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have the mindset where, you know, I'm going to start and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then I'm going to find some investors to help me do that. And then I'm going to grow into the storefront and do this. And then I'm going to make it online. And then what you get in the sum of all that is a great business. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so there's two things that I would, two posts that I want to talk about when I kind of found this. I think you were, <laughs> so I was scrolling through my Instagram and there was this one of you and it's the location of Salt Lake city, Utah. I don't know if it actually was or not, but it's you laying down in bed. Oh, and yeah. I, like I watched it and I was like, I got shivers. I was like, Oh, like, I'm not supposed to feel like that, but it was so intense that you really, like, I felt like. I was in bed with you, like, and and you do these angles of like laying next to the person and stuff. It was very intimate, and it was like it it was so well done. 
Thank you so much. Fast forward, I don't know when it was, but my fiance follows you. And we're sitting on the couch and we were socially distanced on our huge couch. And he's like, do you know what I heard of doing um, OnlyFans? And I was like, yeah, I haven't looked. Like even the free stuff, I was like, I don't know what's going to be on this. I haven't looked. <laughs> uh, and of course, like in my mind, because I'm old and I'm like, oh, it's probably something I don't want to see. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, wow, he's really taking this serious. And it was like this whole production in front of the Las Vegas sign. And he's oh, like, yeah. he's got a full production. Yeah, TikTok has this. become a really, really, really good way to promote any business that you have right now. If you have a business yeah. out there, I really highly, highly, highly suggest getting a TikTok, figuring out how to do it, and making one. Because it's mm-hmm. it's more worldwide than Instagram right now. And you know, we all hated Instagram when it came. I, I come from that generation. I'm not going to tell my age, but I came from that generation. We just had MySpace, and then we had Facebook, you're like Facebook. Okay, so we have figured out Facebook and Instagram. Instagram came along, you were like, oh fuck, we gotta learn another one. Yeah. Now I gotta learn this. Ah yeah. oh, shit, I don't want to do this. We put it off and put it off, and then we go, oh man, this is actually a really viable source of uh, of information for people, and it can really help your business. Fine, I'll learn Instagram. Okay, so I learned Instagram, you know, and yeah. um and now this TikTok thing, and I caught myself because I felt that same thing where I'm like, oh, I'm too old for this. You know, I'm not getting involved in this new trend. And then I was like, Curtis, this is exactly what you said about Instagram. And then it went bananas. And then you were behind because you didn't jump on right away. And I was like, God damn it. So I was like, okay. So I sat there and like at that one, one day at a time, the first day I tried to make a TikTok, it was shit. <laughs> you got to figure out where the controls are, how to yeah, use it, how to do it's this. Different. It's just kind of like even, yeah, it's super hard. It's just like, but it's just like, I equate it to uh, like when you get a new phone, you know, yeah. and your, your thumb knows this pattern. And so it's really easy to text when you know that phone so well, but then you get a new one and you have to kind of like retrain your, your hand to kind of figure it out or get into that mm-hmm. phone really well. And I just like, Chris, same thing, just get on here, do the work. And within four days I was up and running and that thing has, has, has saved my only fans has saved my Instagram. I get not saved, but I mean, it's just boosted it so much that I'm so glad mm-hmm. that I caught myself and didn't say, Oh, that's such a trend. Don't worry about it. Right. It'll the same thing. Yeah, it'll pass, or it'll because I said the same thing about Instagram, and I remember that I did that, and I remember kicking myself in the ass that I didn't start one sooner. And then everybody had you know fifty thousand, one hundred twenty-two thousand followers on Instagram because they started early, and then I was late to the game trying to catch up. Yeah, and I was like, it's not going to happen with this. And so, luckily, with this one, I was able to. Yeah, you've, I mean, you've got over 10,000 followers on Instagram. Like, that's huge growth. Yeah, and I wish it was more. I have friends that have a ton, but I guess it's like the grass is always greener on the other side because I know a, a ton of people that have, like, 500. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I'm, in, I'm in there somewhere. I'm not, like, there, but I tell you I'm always shooting for there, so hopefully. It's a lot. It's it's Thank a you. lot, right? And it's, and it's organic, right? They're not bought, so. Yeah, they're, bo- they're not bought. It's all organic. It's been built over the years. Like I said, I've been a, an LGBTQ um, a club icon for, I don't know, like the last 20 years. I danced at a club at, in New York called The Roxy, which is mm. gone. A, cl- okay. a club called Splash, which is also gone. Those are old school gay clubs. Then I came here to Vegas and danced at Crave, uh, Las right. Vegas, for so many years. That Then that was it, the, like at a... A time it was like the largest gay club in the united states or something like that yeah um and then it just and i travel all over doing prides and working with different uh gay companies and stuff like that so um yeah it's it's crazy 
I mean, your, your content is so good that it literally made a straight woman's vagina tingle and a straight yes. man be like, this yes. is God. <laughs> yes. I'll like your pussy. I'll like it. <laughs> oh my God. This is what I have not seen. <laughs> you know I what's so funny? Seen. You know what's so funny? There's this weird, this weird thing too about like, um, like stages in life, you know? And I really feel like I'm at that stage where uh, I was a really uh, monogamous uh, gay partner. Like when I first, you know, came out of high school at 17, 18, I, was, I went from like a six-year relationship into a seven and a half relationship into another six-year relationship. You know, and I was always the good guy doing what I was supposed to do, you know, and living life I, I thought I was supposed to be living. And, da, da, da. and then when I got to, uh, maybe it was like 35, 34, 35, uh, my last relationship had ended. And I was like, I'm so done doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, I hadn't had, well, I hadn't had like satisfying sex in any, in any three of them. Or maybe I did for like <laughs> a little bit the first yeah. year or, you know yeah. what I mean? And then it's kind of all died and it's kind of was like, whatever. And then I was like, I'm going to be 40 soon, you know, and not that that's bad, but I I'm 35 at this point and I want to have 35 year old sex while I still can, you know, like, <laughs> Because there's a difference, you know, there's a difference between when you get up on the bed and you're 25 and you're like, here we go, daddy, let's, uh, 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 you know, and then when you're actually like uh, over 40 or 50 and you're like, oh, I don't know if I could bounce that long because my knees kind of, hit, you know what I mean? It's just a different <laughs> yeah. kind of sex. And I was so tired of being, of looking at myself in this range that was still able to jump up and do all this kind of stuff. But yet I was sitting here not using it. Right. Mm. You know, and I was just like, ah, this is ridiculous. So in that whole self-revelation or whatever came this like well maybe only fans no i can never do that well i don't know mm, i'm not sure uh i i mean that's what kind of what i feel like i want to do but no that's so dirty i can't da, 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 da. and then i kind of just was like you know what fuck it it's my life it's my sex i don't want to go to the grave me and like oh man i wish i would have boned that one guy oh man i wish i would have done that oh i would i don't want to go to the grave thing i wonder what that would have felt like you know, yeah. there's so many experiences and that doesn't just reply to sex. That applies to like going, uh, traveling, going to Europe and seeing, you know, seeing something like uh, you, you want to experience life. Like your life is meant to be experienced. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to this point where I was just like, you know what? This is going to be my sexual uh, stage of life. This stage right. of life is going to be, you know, for me, if I find some way, maybe like five years from now, 60 years from now, 10 years from now, whatever, may maybe I'll go back into that. But this section is going to be just for me. Right. You know, and so when I did that, I was like, we're going to do this OnlyFans. Okay. All right. So I did like my first little like teaser or whatever. Actually, I think I sent them on Instagram because I was so scared. I was like, if I made an Instagram or if I made an OnlyFans, would you watch it? You know, trying to get a call, like trying to get some validation, yeah. trying to get the balls, to, like do it or whatever. And then people were like, yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. And I was like, we'll see about that. So anyway, I made it. And I made my first little video and it was kind of like a solo video, just to me like jacking off my camera, trying to be all like sneaky. <laughs> Not, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's real life stuff, you know, it's yeah. real life stuff. I've gotten to that point in that, this stage of my life where I'm going to really acknowledge real life stuff. I'm not going to hide anything anymore. You know, not talking about stuff is how we get weird shit happening, you know, because people mm -hmm. feel like they're weird and they go into corners and they do all kinds of weird stuff. So I'd rather talk about it. So, um, so like I made a little bit self video or whatever and I posted it and then I got it was kind of like Instagram because then it was like 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 and then almost the same kind of like uh thrill that you get from like a good Instagram post like oh that was a good one. 
Mm-hmm. That got it. That was a good one. It started happening on my OnlyFans page. And I was like, oh, they really like that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if they'll do what they'll do if I do this. Da-da-da-da. And then that's where my performer just started to come out again. It was like the audience member. It was like the dancer on stage with the audience member. I'm like, oh, you liked when I did that routine? Oh, well, wait till you see this. Boom. Cue the lights. Hit the spotlight. Turn the music on. You know, I was like, oh, it's yeah. showtime now, baby. So it was kind of like, it was kind of a really, really, really cool natural transition. Perfect. So with, oh, go ahead, Luba. Go ahead, Becca. So with OnlyFans, Curtis, uh, now where you are with it right now, has it made the same amount of money that you would be making in the club and the show regularly? Or has it been making more? Or are you still under that threshold? So what happened was my first month, I made probably like Mm $2,500, which is not shit money. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not more than what I'd be making if I was back at work. Yeah. But now, again, using that mythology of always have options and always have, yeah. you know, things to go to so you're not worried. Now I know that when I go back to work, I you have this both. other option now mm-hmm. to add $2,500 extra mm-hmm. a month on mm-hmm. to my income. Mm-hmm. And that has kept my head, my head, my mental space, all of that, like, like yeah. totally content. You yeah. know, it's definitely been enough to survive. It's definitely been enough to like, you know, get it going, you know, or, you know, keep yeah. me afloat and keep smiling. Yeah. It's not like I'm running out there spending money. Nothing's open. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy too. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta admit that too. I'm a very simple guy. I'm not out there buying fancy shit or trying to live this extravagant life. Uh, that's definitely really helped me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but now, but yeah, the, the, what's it called? The excitement I feel knowing, and it's just like Instagram too. So that your followers grow every month as you yeah. know, keep going or, you know, so um, if I just keep making more and more and more and, and then we go back to work and I still have my other jobs and all I can think about is compound income. Yes. The money from my show, the money from the bar and the money from this page. Yeah. You know, 25, what is 25? I'm not, I'm a dancer. So I'm not good at math. What is $2,500 a month for the year? It's so over 20, 20, over 20,000. Luba, you're the business owner. Math. 30 grand. Huh? 30 grand. 30 grand. So, I mean, it's not like a, you know, a great living or, I mean, it's, it's doable. It's like a part-time job at McDonald's. Yeah, 30 yeah, 30 grand. grand. But can yeah. you imagine adding 30 grand extra Plus. onto your yearly income? Yeah. Plus. Yes, girl. What do you know what you can do with an extra thirty thousand yeah. dollars? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you start to look at it terms like that, then it's fine. Yeah. You go, well, goddamn. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like the world is getting more conservative. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's only we're, we're already, we are, you know, it, 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 we're already doing the the um, we're already doing our our facial procedures our even our little tucks and our, our nips and tucks and all that kind of stuff. We want to be pretty. We want to be sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want, we want to feel this va va boom, mm-hmm. you know, but then act like it's, it's some people just want to act like it doesn't exist or it's, or it's um, taboo. Uh, it's yeah. not, Yeah, it's not taboo. Yeah. You know? So it, I, I can tell you this too. I, like I said, it was such a revelation that I had, my birthday was in July and I sat down for a birthday lunch with my mom. And I was, she was like, you know, da, 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 da. And she's very like, she doesn't curse. She says, Oh my, like, she just kind of like, <laughs> my, and oh, my, my name is C- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my, and my name is like CJ. And like my, my 
my goal, if you're, especially if you're a boy, you know, if, if boy moms out there, you understand this, it's just to always push my mom a little bit. You know, I always <laughs> say something dirty that I shouldn't be saying just because she's always so, you know. I think that's oh, what oh, girls oh, do. Yeah, with yeah. I think you have so a little I, bratty little girl inside. <laughs> so I purposely say dirty stuff just to get a rise out of her, you know. Yeah. So I'll say something and she'll always go, CJ. So, and that's become like, I love to hear that whenever I hear that I know I got her. I can't believe you just said that. So anyway, we were at this birthday lunch and I was really seriously thinking about uh, uh, doing OnlyFans. I had already started the Instagram thing and all that kind of stuff. And I told her, I said, um, I said, I'm thinking about doing OnlyFans. And she goes, well, I'm not okay with that. And I was kind of, I was like, well, I'm in my mid thirties. I really don't care anymore. And it was, our, it was kind of my birthday lunch. She just really kind of like go crazy on me. And she kind of was just like quiet. But then she just changed the subject. And it, I don't think I really needed her approval, but it helped a lot because I left that lunch thinking like, that's the only person that I ever would have. Care about what I, I think, think that's how most of us think. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, we really could care less about our grandparents. Not, you know what I mean? Our grandparents or whoever it is above. We, we, I mean, we care, but we don't care as much. It's kind of just what your mom kind of like thinks. Yeah. Your dad, whatever figure you have, <clears throat> that's your main figure. You know, that's the one that you kind of go, Oh, what, what did it, even if even if you still rebel and go forward with stuff, you're kind of like, oh, they're not happy with it. It's gonna it's gonna kind of dig you, you know. So once I uh, once I had cleared that air, I felt like Superman ready to launch. Yeah. You know, I was kind of like, here we go, fire it up, turn on that computer, let's go, lights, camera, action. Because I had no one else to. I guess that I, that would judge me. That would make me feel. I mean, I'm sure there's other people out there that would judge me. But no one else out there that would judge that could judge me that would make me feel a different way than what I was feeling. Yeah, exactly. So once that was in the clear and I kind of owned that, one it really made me feel more of a grown up. Mm -hmm. It it really made it really took that that moment uh, that took me from that stage of like you know because even in our in our thirties we still are connected to our parents and we still can can kind of feel. A, uh, like a child sometimes in moments, you know what I mean? And you kind of like lean into those moments because they're really comfortable or, you know, they just make you feel good or whatever it is. And in, uh, in that moment, when that, when that had been broken, I really felt like I had stepped up and stepped away and become my own adult person. Right. You know, so that, that was a really cool moment for me. Um, did you find, like, did you find anyone, not that it mattered to you, obviously, but did you lose any friendships over it? Were people like anyone in your group that was maybe a little more judgy about it? That was like, mm, no, no, See, not, at <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I was going to work and people were like, I saw your only fans, mm. you know, it's kind of one of those like taboo things. Like everybody wants to do it, but nobody mm-hmm. wants to, nobody be wants to like, be, or... the, be the first or they don't, or, or they haven't made those, um, separations between you know child and parent in their own relationship or even their boyfriend or whatever they have someone telling them someone someone that they're tied to that they can't really they can't really do it but they want to inside they all want to inside that was one of the reasons i became a dancer in the nightclub actually is because uh it's that it's really that feeling of being a stripper or being a porn star or being that, which everybody would love to feel because it just looks like it feels amazing. You know what I mean? Like it just really to be like, bam, look at me. I'm so fucking sexy, you know, but you, but in reality, like you don't want to, you don't want 
you don't want to be, be looked at as like dirty or anything like this or anything that you've been taught mm-hmm. that's like wrong. So you just kind of like don't it, but you still feel it inside. And that's why they're, that's why pole classes are so popular for fitness. That's yeah. why those boudoir photos back in the nineties were so popular. Everybody they're coming back. Feel, you remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah all that yeah, stuff. They're really Everybody popular. Feel yeah. And be va va boom. It's so funny that, it, that it's such like a, it can become such a taboo thing. I had more people, um, like come up to me now when I go out that I have an OnlyFans and being like, I, I don't know. They, they look at me like they like, they, they like, they're more excited to see me now than they were excited to see me before, which is kind of funny. And it, cause uh, when you do something like that, it's kind of, I don't know. You own it a little bit more. You, it's, it's kind on of your like own terms, you know? you're doing it. You're doing it on your own, mm-hmm. on your completely your own terms. It's up to you. you know, it's not how like, much you charge. Yeah. It's not like I put it. something out there mm-hmm. that I wasn't happy with. Mm-hmm. So I, I walk really high when I, when I walk through a room, it's, I, I sit there and I make the, the video and then I go over it and I edit it and I go, wow, my back looks amazing in that shot. Oh, wow. Did it. Okay. That part doesn't look good. Oh, take that out. Ah, uh, nah, my arm looks weird there. Boom, take that out. Da, 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 da. And I've crafted this whole thing. And when I'm 100% happy with it, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. And it could it could be shit. But I feel, I feel like it's really, really good. I looked at it and I said, wow, this is amazing. I don't care if people see this because this is good, whether it's sex, whether it's too much sex or not. Like it's It's good. I'm proud of this. Boom, I put it out there. And so when anybody would say something, hey, I saw that, I'd be like, it was good, right? <laughs> you know, like I just like you saw, and I I know you saw. I put it out there for you to see. Yeah, <laughs> you know, where and the OnlyFans, you get to do that kind of stuff on your own terms. It's your video, your camera, your editing, your your background, your favorite lingerie or outfit, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, however you want to do it. Right. If you were to sign with a company or or go do something at even even at a strip club or something like that, you're always at someone else's beck and call. You're doing something for somebody else. And it just kind of, mm-hmm. that's that's where the demeaning part comes from. But this takes all yeah. that away because I felt less sexualized here, completely naked in front of a camera in my living room than I did in a skimpy outfit at a nightclub. Right. Because at a nightclub, some dude or even girls are just like grinding on me or grabbing me or thinking they can touch me or saying this to me or saying that to me. And I have to interact with them and feel all that kind of like, you know, some of the gross stuff sometimes here, it's just me and my camera. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And then once I put it out on the line, it goes to those people and they can do whatever they want in the comments or they can do whatever they want on the pages. But as far as when I make it, it's just me and the camera. It's the most natural I don't know. It's just the most, it's just, I don't know. You really learn something about yourself when it's just you and a camera. I'm sure like everybody knows over this whole COVID thing too, doing these podcasts and doing zoom things. And you know, there's, it's, it's, there's something that happens when you're, when you adjusting to this being in front of the camera all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, we're not used to it. It has, it hasn't been a thing for a very, you know, for a long time. So everybody is kind of like, Finding their groove, finding how they fit, how they look at the camera, how they dress the dressing behind yeah. them, and yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of just like your dirty Zoom meeting, I guess. But it's whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, it's it's all on your terms, you know. I, I think so. one of, you know one of the things. These are all really great points and great highlights on everything you know to make extra money, an extra thirty grand a year, all that. But one of the things that we haven't touched on is 
how much time and effort you need to put into this. And I think that's the difference between, you know, you know, let's just look at maybe like a porn star or a dancer, or you're always at the beck and call of someone else. So let's take Chippendales, you know, they're the ones that are going to tell you, you need to be there two night or uh, two show times, five nights a week, whatever it is on these days done. Mm-hmm. You're a porn star. You're going to be doing X, Y, Z with this performer on this day. Okay. That's great. Um, and that's a regular paycheck, but when you're working for yourself, and this is where I kind of like, I look at it in my life as well. Like I don't make money until the business makes money. And I think that's something that, you know, needs to be addressed that only fans isn't easy. Having your own business isn't easy. It's a lot of work behind the scenes to put out that content and to get paid. It's not Absolutely. just you know, open up an a, a only um, only fans open up a storefront and all of a sudden you know you're flying a private jet. That's not how it works. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah it's funny like how that. people get to that mentality real quick these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's so funny. What's some of your advice to people that want to start their own business, whether it be OnlyFans or anything, or just work ethic and all of that and what it takes? Because you've obviously yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm definitely successful at OnlyFans um, because of my work ethic. If I didn't have that work ethic, mm-hmm. I would not be as successful at OnlyFans. And also, one of the things that I already had, um, it's not just my work ethic now. This is the work ethic I've had. I've had this work, work ethic since I was 14, 15. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've always been uh, an athlete and doing sports and doing this and trying to get you know, trying to get the win. I'm super competitive. I have a lot of drive. I, um, I would do not ever want to be a fo- made full of, made a fool of ever, you know, so it's work ethic and just drive and stuff like that. The only fans thing I, when, when I tell you when I first started, it took forever, <laughs> um, to be only because I, the actual getting up and started and going wasn't, but what took forever was I didn't realize all the aspects that came into it. So, uh, I'm not a professional cameraman. Right. Right. So I had to like figure out my angles, figure out this. Then I had to buy a stand. Then I had to buy a ring light. Then I had to buy another stand to do this. Then I had to buy something waterproof so my phone go in the shower with me. Then I had to buy, you know, there was like, there's all these little, um, these little things. Um, My first video, I swear to God, my first video took me like, we need like seven hours to get up online. Wow. wow. From filming to yeah. editing, because I had to download the film editor. And, and I do everything from my phone. I'm kind of like one of those. I guess that is totally millennial. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really need a laptop. <laughs> I can do ev- I can do everything from my phone. Oh, let me just get on my computer and answer that email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, a laptop. Who needs a fucking laptop? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally like one of those people. Um, but it, it, it once I got it down... Like I told you that uh, that earlier about the whole like you you don't have to be great at it right away. You do one thing today, you do one thing tomorrow. You know you just you just kind of like build that um, build that expertise or whatever. Now I can make a video up and online in less than an hour. Yeah, and then make eight hundred dollars off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or just like, I'm going to go take a shower. I'll bring my phone in the shower with me. And I'll just be like, hey, and I, and I know my angles. I know where to put it. I know where it fits on the shower caddy. I know how it lands over here. Before I didn't know all that stuff. So I'm bumbling around trying to figure yeah. out all Does that stuff. Look good? This. Yeah, it, de- it definitely takes the moment to get that. But um, like I said, you, there's no way you could do that if you didn't have 
work ethic. You have to, you have to be in it for the long haul. And you know what I've noticed about people that aren't in it for the long haul? They never last. And what happens is if you're in it for the long haul, you're going to do a lot of jobs. And then somehow when you get to a certain age, they all link up. And then you have this huge network that just kind of like feeds into itself and you're successful. Because you didn't realize that we, you like 10 years ago that this relationship was going to work with that relationship that you just made five years ago that works mm-hmm. with another relationship that you made two years ago. Then they all kind of link up and then you have like this successful module or whatever. People that just get it, mm-hmm. like try to get in, get it and quit it. They, they're never successful because they never build any relationships. They're in there. They make a little bit of money. They're out. So boom. So they go somewhere else. So now they have to start all over again. Yeah. And then it happens over there too. Boom. And then once you start doing that, you develop a pattern of doing that. People notice that in your behavior and successful people don't, don't like to be associated or work with people like that. Right. They can smell it on you. Yeah. yeah. You know, they could, they could sniff it. You could sniff you out. They, they go, Oh, that person's one of these opportunists. He's just there for a quick buck and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And so they'll start treating you like that. Yeah. And then when they start treating you like that, you don't understand that they can see that and you start walking around and say, I don't understand why they're treating me this way. Because they can smell it on you. They can smell that you're opportun- opportunistic. You don't work hard. You're just in it for the quick buck. And it, it, when it all comes to, to the end or when it comes down the line, you're, you're doing that your whole life because yeah. you can never, you never built anything. You're just always just picking up crumbs along the way. And it's, yeah. I don't know, there's no way to be successful that way. I've always said that there's no such thing as fast money for something that's going to be valuable or last. Um, and then the other thing, one just completely slipped my mind. Oh, and that the world is a very small place. Vegas is a small town, Vancouver's a small town, and the sure world is. in general is a very small place, especially once you start to get into an industry or a niche. Everyone yeah. knows each other and it all comes full circle. So yeah. don't worry any bridges, work hard. Yeah. Um, and it's and it, and it's okay to have differences of opinion. Yes. It totally is. It's okay to not want to work somewhere anymore or not feel like that place is suited to you anymore. But be an adult. Yeah. Say to someone, you know what? You know, I just don't feel like this is the right fit for me right now. I'm just in a different place and this is just not working. Don't cause drama. Don't cause all these like storms. Because if, if you're if you're that kind of person, people are gonna know that you're that kind of a person. And you're gonna wonder why things start keep falling apart because people can see that you're a storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's in your personality. It's in your it's in your demeanor. It's in the way that you say hello. People can mm-hmm. sense that, mm-hmm. and you don't and you you won't understand why people are shying away from you or why people don't want to give you the time of day or why people don't want to invest in you. Yeah. Because they they can tell it by the way you say hello. I love that. You know, people Very that are hardworking. You can tell you can tell that by the way they say hello. Yeah. From the mm-hmm. you know when you're especially if you're owning the business and you're doing interviews, you know. You want to say that you're looking at that resume. You want to say that you want to see what happens in the interview, but you know within the first two, three minutes whether that person mm-hmm. is going to get hired or not at your job. Yeah. Yeah. You already know. By their hello you know, and their handshake. That works, <laughs> yeah. And, and if you don't think that works in real life with real life personalities and real life things, you're highly mistaken and very delusional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you meet your soulmate or whatever and you kind of just say, you know, I just knew. Yeah. You just know. So when you meet a shitty person and they're like, how do you know that person was shitty? Like, I just did. <laughs> Same we fucking always, shit. We always Same talk about shit. gut instinct, right? Like I've always said like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I should have listened to my gut. I had this feeling and I consistently ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And every single time 
it's been a disaster. Like you really just need to listen to that intuition that you have. Absolutely. And not all the times it means that this person is evil. No. Because we, you know, we're not trying to shame anybody. It's just that that work ethic or that energy does not match this work ethic or this energy. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I really, I know that you probably really want a job right now, but I'm just, I'm trying to tell you that just trying to be honest that that work ethic and that energy does not match this work. And there's going to be problems down the line. Yeah. And that's all. And that's all that stating, you know, Becca and I have always said that, like, you know, you're, you're a great person and your interview went well, but you just don't fit our culture. Yeah. Like what we want. And something that I'll say constantly in staff meetings is I want the best. Like you guys might think that I'm hard on you, but I want the best. And if you don't want to be the best, then you can't really be here. Like there's a yeah. lot of places that will take you at mediocre. I don't want mediocre. I want right. the best. Right? right. And if you don't wake up happy in the morning to come to work, then you probably should be looking for another place to work. Yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty of jobs that don't mind people like that. But yeah. just be aware that those kind of jobs will throw you away. Don't last. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they don't last. last. And that's why I was saying about building those relationships and building with a company that wants to, to build something and build a strong relationship. And then something that if you're going to have that throwaway attitude where you're going to work at a throwaway job and you're going to be chasing throwaway jobs your whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's you know, no and one day you're going to look around and be like, I don't know why I got, haven't got anywhere because, you know, you're, you're a throwaway attitude. You're work, you're worth that ethic as shit. There's no one that can come in with a mediocre attitude that will ever make a six figure paycheck. And never, never. Mm. And even, even, even reality stars, first of all, they put in so much work because they're not even reality stars. Half of them are actors they're learning actors, how to be reality yeah. stars to be on reality shows. So even the reality stars you're working, these, these kids are running around, I'm just going to be a reality star, I'm going to get on TV and it's going to be so easy and da, 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 da. Those kids are like, they've been to school for acting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not like, not like, uh, I don't know, Susie Jones's school of acting. No, they went to college. Mm-hmm. And then they graduated with an acting degree and then went to Hollywood and then pursued reality acting, which is a thing now. Mm-hmm. So don't think that, that you can just get up there and make quick money. That's just not how it works. No. It's no. just not, it's just not how it works. Maybe a slot machine in Vegas. Yeah. But how often does that happen? You know, right. and then who says you're not going to put it back in. Exactly. Yeah. So Exactly. So that is the world of entrepreneurship. If you put in the effort, you will be successful. We've got someone with us that has has absolutely shown that in all sorts of forms. Um, You can follow him on social media, on um, Instagram at cgoodman2001. And what is your OnlyFans, Curtis? Oh, OnlyFans.com backslash cgoodman2001. Oh, it's still the same. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Brings it all together. Yeah. My Twitter is the exact same too. C Goodman two thousand one. Someone else talked about that. Someone else taught me about that. Uh, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Continuity. Uh, yeah, street like streamlining Branding. all of your um, streamlining all of your um, social media platforms. It should all be the same. All the same. Which is something I learned from a friend after I started doing OnlyFans, who also because I, I needed to promote on Twitter as well, and then she was like, "Oh, you need to do this and da da da," and so. You're, you're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving and then all, all these pieces, they fit together at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So make sure you're really, just if you're out there, make sure you're really conscious of the energy that you're putting out there and the things that you're learning and the relationships you're building today because they will help you mm. later on in life. They will. Yeah. Um, and what was your, circle. yeah. What was yeah. your um, uh, TikTok again? Same thing? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, fantastic. Yep. Easy breezy. Same, same everywhere. Same, same. Okay, now for those of you, once we get all this up on YouTube, this is totally my fault for not getting all these videos up, but I want a PG-13 thin twirl from you. Give us something. Oh, okay, I do. Because YouTube will take it down. Do what? Oh, YouTube? Yes, it'll eventually go. Is this on YouTube right now? No, it will be. We've got 94 million views on YouTube and 165,000 subscribers. Oh my God, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, okay. So As you can see from my background, I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I have an artsy background here. I'm one of those art club kids, you know? Whoever thought yeah. you could make um, club kid a career? Right. <laughs> Isn't that so awesome and so weird and just, this world is amazing. Anyway, you can, you really can be anything you want to be. You can. Uh, you I think it's like a music or something. I know. What can I do? Uh, <laughs> Let's say, uh, what's a good song you like right now? Anything. You could turn up your radio. The I one know. That's on. I want to play like, uh, uh, Alexa, uh, play uh, pop music. Alexa, volume six. No, it was a slow song. <laughs> Alexa, next track. Oh my God. Alexa, next track. Oh, uh, kind of lame too. Whatever. So I'll just dance for you guys. You see we can put different music. Oh, on. Got that whole yeah. huh, huh. Make my <laughs> own beat because I have rhythm. Uh, Love it. Oh. <laughs> sure, that's YouTube friendly. <laughs> right? Oh, I also do uh, Alexa off. I also do uh, um, what's it called? A forbidden Bingo. I wanted to tell. I want to tell people about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's like a naughty bingo. It's uh, tonight, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's www.forbiddenbingo.com, and it's free. It's free to play okay. if you're at home and you're. And we started in quarantine. Um, you get your little bingo cards or whatever, and if you get bingo, you win adult novelty prizes. Oh my god! We need to donate an anal bleach. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh my yeah. god, yeah. One hundred percent. Yes, please do. Okay. I'll hook it up with the guy. His name is yeah, Rockstar. Put me, on the list. He's put me on the list for tonight. For sure. Yeah. Are you gonna come in? No, I'm quarantined in Canada, but I'll send you a gift card. Okay, perfect. Amazing. So that brings us to the end of our naughty OnlyFans podcast with Curtis Goodman, <laughs> Pete Goodman 2001 on all platforms. Please make sure give, to give him a follow on all platforms. Join us OnlyFans, TikTok, all of that. Becca, where can they listen to us? They can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else they listen to podcasts. Just search Between Both Cheeks. And just like Curtis was saying, we are between both cheeks everywhere. <laughs> the same yeah. everywhere. Does, uh, does that include the chode? I was, I, that was a question I, <laughs> I had actually. I was looking at the website and I was like, hmm, between the cheeks. Does that include the chode or would the chode be part of the scrotum? And on that note, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>